Welcome to the Sailing Into Oblivion podcast, where we hear stories from everyday people who do extraordinary things. I'm your host, Jerome Rand. Good morning from Mighty Sparrow. It is a balmy 75 degrees here in the dark AM up here in Rockland, Maine. It's about 4... It's actually 4.20 right now, but in the morning, which has a little bit of a different connotation. Pouring a little bit of coffee here. Might as well turn this into the 4 a.m. podcast because it's the only feasible time for me to do this where I'm not absolutely cooked from pushing boats and boat stands all around this place. Not that I'm complaining. I'll start doing that once we get to work. Sometimes that's uh <laughs> that seems to be the theme of uh of these hot days. Yesterday it was near 90 and uh today I think it's supposed to be mid 80s with very high humidity. But I enjoy it. I'm not going to lie. Sweating it, sweating through your shirt before 8 a.m. is uh I don't know. It's a badge. It's a badge of honor. <laughs> At least that's how I like to validate it or not validate, rationalize it. Yeah, I think that's the. Oh, that's the ticket. Yes. Ooh. That first hit of coffee is something special. And I, in some ways, I'm really glad that I got used to that uh, that powdered creamer as opposed to fancy dancy actual half and half and all that sort of stuff only because it's so convenient so easy you know obviously offshore you gotta you gotta have something that lasts a whole long 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 time and is easy to store but it also makes uh having some of that stuff here on land pretty easy as well oh man i'm looking around here and shoot some of my uh interior accent lights which I have just around uh, the handrails inside of the cabin, which give off a lovely uh, glow where you can't actually see the LED lights. You just see the the reflection of them on the walls. Um, Some of them are out. Oh, no. And one side is a different color than the other. Dang it. That means means it's time to flip the bill for another $30. (laughs) set of lines the only problem is they're kind of a pain in the butt to uh to actually set up in there but that's okay there's a lot of worse things in the world than uh my interior lights here aboard <clears throat> mighty sparrow but i will say that's uh brings me into my topic for this morning I'll take a little break from the norm ah Oh, sorry for all the disgusting noises, but you know, you get a, you roll out of bed at four and uh, make that coffee and turn this microphone on. You're gonna get the real deal, people. <laughs> That's how it is. Oh, shout out, I guess, to all those uh, people who, um, I guess, I'm gonna call them fans. <laughs> Not many, but those few, those few that uh, have hit me up with some pretty cool comments saying they enjoy the content and want me to keep on pumping it out so this one's for you guys on the youtube channel really appreciate it really should pull it up i'd love to pull it up on the computer but i'm afraid the computer will probably crash can't handle all that stuff you you find uh when a computer is spent you know a year or so at sea boy they do not like to function properly anymore i think there's something about uh i don't know if it's actually <clears throat> salty moist air uh that gets into them or if it's really just uh the fact that they've been jostled around for such a long period of time but in any event uh yeah shout out to you guys thanks for the encouragement i will try to keep uh pumping these uh, shows out you know because uh 
I don't I don't do it so I can listen to it. <laughs> oh man, I'm I'm full of them. You know, in some ways, this is actually probably a, a good thing to do. I'm a bit of a morning person, and uh, you know, by the time seven rolls around, and you go into work, I'm freaking full of beans, ready to just go. And anybody who has worked with me, uh, or not necessarily for me, but because uh, I almost never describe people as that, but was maybe a sailing instructor under under my uh, my tutelage uh, in the Caribbean or in Michigan, can attest to the fact that uh, I like to start the day off with. Uh, as much energy as possible, possible get everybody juiced up, as I used to say, um, just to uh, you know shake off uh, the night before. I guess that's how I always figured it, you know. But it's it's pretty tough. It was sort of one of those things where I I found that uh, I had to counterbalance against those those people who come into work like yeah. Yeah, I don't want to be here. Yeah, don't talk to me. Oh boy, get rid of them. I there's the one guy. Ah, oh, love him to death. Still a great friend of mine, but boy, he was not a morning person. And I'm sure maybe a few people know who I'm talking about. I won't name any names. But there's also been quite a quite a few people who uh, dig the vibe. They get up and uh, you know, the, I'm I'm their form of coffee. <laughs> Or at least I used to be. I try and pull that crap right now at the boatyard, and holy smokes, those guys just send me off to go do something by myself for a bit. <laughs> oh, oh man! All right, let me let me go uh, blow my nose, and then we'll get into it. And we're back. <laughs> Hopefully, that will alleviate the nest, you know, the the need for me to constantly blow my nose here. For all you people to enjoy. So today, uh, what I wanted to get into was just uh, this boat, West Sail 32. Uh, so I guess this one, you know, predominantly is going to be for either West Sail 32 owners, potential owners, uh, people who uh, just purchased a boat, or, uh, well, just anybody who uh, wants to hear me ramble on for a little while, so... This wonderful, beautiful West Sail 32 that I am aboard. What I like about it, what I hate about it, you know, first time I saw it, oh, Lord, she was out there, Jupiter, Florida, sitting in the guy's backyard, had her own stands. Should have known something was up when uh, I realized that she was, her keel was touching the ground. It's a big no-no. We actually had a boat yesterday, been here for like seven years, that was sold, and uh, its keel was touching the ground. Basically, when keel's touching the ground, that is a highway for bugs, creepies, and crawlies. And I remember Mighty Sparrow <clears throat> had plenty of them, uh, completely infested with some sort of ant, um, where... I kept for the first year, and even past that, finding these dirt, little hive type things in, in funny little crevices, and, you know, and it, I had killed off all these ants um, using various gels and things like that, but even when I pulled the headliner out, you know, the ceiling tiles, so to speak, um, ant carcasses, plenty of them up there for, uh, and that was, that was like almost... Yeah, I guess that was a year after. So pretty pretty gross there. But no, I you know, I I love this boat. I um there have been many, many times where I'm either just sitting up on the deck enjoying being on the boat, sitting in the cabin, staring at the ceiling, just looking around and uh and taking in the the beautiful lines and uh and everything and I don't know. Just the feel of it all is just—it's wonderful. I've I've been very fortunate to to really really enjoy the boat that uh, I found through and through. You know, uh, a lot of boats and a lot of people will find issues and and complaints and this and I wish this was different. 
I'm sure there's a few things on this boat, but really, there's not a not a ton. Um, I love it. I absolutely love it. You know, I guess some of the biggest things from from a a, a sailing uh, point of view, she sails really well. I mean, I think it it took me a long time to figure out how to sail a West Sail 32. I want to say, to be 100% honest, I want to say it probably took me ooh, five, six, seven thousand miles, something like that, before I started to really get the hang of it. You know, when I, when I, and I guess, you know, not just a West Sail, but a heavy displacement, uh, old school, full length keel, cutter rig, that kind of boat. Uh, You know, before that, the most common boat I was sailing was an Express 37, which turns on a dime, accelerates. It's got a huge, I think that drew like seven and a half feet or something like that. Good old shout out to Cosmic Warlord. She used to ply the waters down there in the British Virgin Islands out of North Sound, Virgin Gorda. Man, we had a lot of good sails on that old girl. But she was unfortunately lost, I believe, in 2017 in Hurricane Irma. The hurricane named after my mom. Uh, or I shouldn't say named after. I should say um, sharing the same name. But uh, I digress. This boat, uh, <clears throat> it took a while. It took a long time to get get really used to how a boat like this, how, how to make a boat like this perform. And I, you know, I'm sure some people might be sort of laughing about that because, ha, wet snail can't perform. Well, actually, you know, performance is, uh, relative to the boat, pal. How's that sound? Um, (laughs) anytime I hear that wet snail comment, it's so funny. I, you know, now, nowadays I, I couldn't care less. Uh, I, it just it rolls off me like a wet snail. But beforehand, when I first bought the boat and people decided they needed to give me an earful about it all the time, uh, I'm not going to lie, it, it, uh, it, it tugged some, some short and curlies for sure as, uh, as I had to listen to that. But I, I, I believe I never let it actually get to me except for one time. And one time alone, uh, where I can't even remember where I was. It was down in the Caribbean, I believe. Uh, it could have been in Charleston, South Carolina. But somebody on the neighboring boat had made that comment. And I can't remember what type of boat they have. I want to say it was a Beneteau or... Uh, I'm not too sure, and you know, when I think back on it now, I, I feel bad, because, uh, or I don't feel bad, but I, you know, I I, I, th- I like to think of myself as, as being above making fun of a boat. You know, I'll make fun of a person, sure, but a boat, you know, a boat doesn't deserve that. The boat is, uh, you know, keeping you from having to swim, so let's respect the boat. In any event, guy kind of you know, oh, what's now? Ah. And I, I looked at him. I was like, oh, what kind of day sailor is that? And his was, it was like a, I don't know, thirty-eight foot. It was bigger than Sparrow, and it was, you know, obviously intended for, I don't know, coastal cruising. I guess. <laughs> oh, I'm still, still burning him. Oh, to this day, years later. Uh, and that, you know, that ended our friendship right there. Uh, it kind of did. We did, things didn't blossom after that, but, um, you know, it, it is kind of funny because after, after the trip, um, you know, still, still get that comment, but, uh, uh, we don't have anything to prove at this point. Back then I definitely still did because I had only plans for, uh, adventuring and, uh, taking her where, taking Sparrow where she belonged to sail. Ooh, ah, ah. But, um. Yeah, so so yeah, I don't mind a wet snail is fine. But uh yeah, it does. It, it takes a little while to get used to I don't know. I almost I almost always thought about this boat as like a steamroller. You know, once you get it up to speed, then it's all about just maintaining it and and keeping the power in those sails. <clears throat> Cuz she is, I mean, she'll 
I, I there's so many times where this boat get it up in that five and a half to six to six and a half knot range. Six and a half, you are really pushing this boat hard. Uh, and I'm sure there's some people out there that are like, nah, you're fine, you know. Put more sail up. But uh, comfortably for me, because I, I don't know, I've always been really in tune with feeling how much strain Old Sparrow's in and uh, or under. And I, I want to always alleviate that because I don't want to break anything on her. Um, but, yeah, she's, you know, she's definitely like, I would call her a five and a half knot boat for sure. Vessel. Queen of the sea. <laughs> oh, man. And, you know, uh, just to give you an idea, I think on the first trip, and this was from Jupiter, Florida, down to the British Virgin Islands with no engine, basically, that trip took us 14 days, and we were only becalmed a little bit of that trip. Now... I'm basically, you know, after, granted, after, I don't know, 70,000 miles or so, uh, it would probably, in those same conditions, I think I'd probably get down there, I'd be able to cut at least like four days off of that trip, maybe. Um, not bragging or anything, it's all Sparrow. Sparrow and I, you know, she, I know what she needs, uh, and I'm not even really doing the sailing, technically. I'm just tuning Mongo to it, but... It's it's sort of just knowing, oh, okay, yeah, so West Sail's not going to do 45 degrees off the wind, uh, beating into a choppy head sea. Like, okay, I'm going to, I'm no longer going to sit there and try and make it happen. Like some fairy dust floating in the nimbly bimbly sea. No, I'm actually just going to, uh, I'm going to go on to a close reach uh, by all accounts and sail at about 70 degrees off the wind. Take some heel out of the old girl, go down below, mix up a G and T, hop on deck, turn on some tunes, and enjoy life. That's what I'm gonna do. And uh, uh, I, I suppose if you really have to, if the situation dictates, yes, you can, uh, you can make the boat go upwind, but it's gonna be really, really slow, especially when there's head chop. But uh, no, you, you just you, you figure it out and everything like that. And uh, I, I think like any boat, there, there's definitely some dogs out there, but I don't think the West Sail 32 is one of them. Far from it, actually. Uh, I, I think one of the things, too, is that very, very seldom will uh, a person take a West Sail 32 out into the conditions that she really needs to come into her own. Which would be, you know, four six to to pretty much anything else, and uh, being able to, I I think, honestly, if you get into the conditions where it's blowing maybe twenty five and you're broad reaching with a staysail and you know double reefed main uh, or something like that, you're really gonna see just how nicely these these boats track downwind and just rip and if you really want to uh experience my favorite point of sale just freaking take that staysail down and rip rip straight downwind mainsail out all the way in heavy heavy you know gale force conditions and oh my gosh change ya it'll change ya uh, it's a really incredible experience to uh, surf, and it, typically, if the once the waves build up big enough, I mean, these boats, you're you're seeing constant sort of surfing um, between ten and and fourteen knots. Now, granted, those are those are pretty decent sized waves, and that's that's a heck of a blow, but uh, it's awesome. Boats vibrating, but Sparrow doesn't seem to, it, you never feel like, oh, we're about to lose it. You know, it's none of that. It's just go, and that's the, and then go, and you just get to watch it all. Um, and then when you get bored, one of the best attributes of a West Sail 32 is that you can go to bed because you don't really have to worry about it broaching or losing it uh, because that's, that's the beauty of the West Sail 32 is that it is made to handle those conditions. I mean, it's it really is. It, they're designed basically to 
to be in a rough, crummy sea and just be able to shuck it off like an oyster. <sighs> I love that expression. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> oh, pausing to just make it so you don't have to listen to that. Ugh, I attribute it to yard dust. Uh, breathing that stuff in. But uh, back to the boat. Yeah, you know, I... There's something special about this boat, and I I think some of the other just outside things, as far as the fact that it's built here in the United States, I think that's great. I also think it's great that it's a recycled boat, uh, technically. You know, it's had at least one other owner before me, so I'm not buying something new, because, uh, heck, there's enough old stuff in this world let's use that until it uh grinds up and disappears and then uh then maybe think about some new stuff but uh that's off topic very simple boat uh, or at least one can keep it simple and still enjoy the lap of luxury i think um because yeah how simple a boat is uh from a systems point of view that is up to the owner for sure because I, I've never, I've luckily somehow have never fallen into that trap of like, ooh, ooh, if I had that, then I could basically open my wallet and pay a whole bunch of money when it breaks. That's how I see it. Um, I think of if I don't have that, then I don't have that and, and there's no problems. So simple, simple boat, uh, simple layout down below as well. Uh, I think one of the coolest comments i get from people oh and i'm i'm actually gonna i gotta change those lights a little i ain't walking away walking away don't worry don't go anywhere <laughs> i listen to the bill burr podcast man he is so funny but he does that because he's you know he's got the uh <clears throat> anger management stuff <laughs> and so when he has to scream he just actually goes and like turns away from the microphone Oh, boy, he's a pretty funny guy. <clears throat> okay, there we go. Just wanted to turn the lights on the correct way so I can see what I'm talking about here. Uh, yeah, I mean, down below, plenty of space. I've got, I guess, what would be called, I don't know if this is the traditional, but basically I have a big nav station, and there is a nice comfy chair that swivels. Uh, it's, it's tightly packed in, but... Um, you know, my nav station can handle those big charts, the big, big passage planning charts that are probably, I don't know, two feet by three feet, maybe bigger than that. Uh, I can roll those out, and I always do. They're always out there on the chart table for me to take a gander at uh, when I'm feeling those itchy feet come into play. So I like that a lot. I know some of the West Sales have, don't even have a nav station besides a little little flat spot that you can stand at and i've seen some that have been modified down to have a freaking nav station that could only have a, a laptop computer sit at it and that was one of the one of the first ones i ever looked at uh had that and it was kind of cool in some ways because they had a built-in little little sort of almost like a love seat i guess a little two-person seat but yeah i mean they you know i couldn't have plotted on a chart plus it was it was sort of uh, inclined like an architecture uh, like you see like a <laughs> i don't know some professional artists would have where where they're what their i don't know their desk is at an angle jeez boy four 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 forty two right now so give me a break pal um and then, you know, some of them have a bunch of drawers and storage there. I've got storage, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I like it. And, I, you know, honestly, I like the, the best is when, when I build that shelving unit that takes up about half of this cabin. Or I shouldn't say that, about a quarter of this cabin. Oh, man, that was a, that was a lot of them. Um, then I'm sort of really tucked in to the nav station. And, I don't know, it gives me that feel of being on, like, a Volvo 70. Just like, oh, okay. Time to get into business. I almost feel like I'm in a cubicle. How weird is that? I almost enjoy the fact that I, I made my nav station into an almost cubicle. 
It's like the boat is the exact opposite of a cubicle. But in a lot of ways, it's not. Hmm. I'll let you guys think about that one. Uh, plenty of room for sleeping. I love having one of those booths. I'm sure there's a technical sailing name for having a booth on a boat. And by that, I mean a table with two uh, bench seats. And I actually went out and purchased a little uh, little stool so that I don't have to slide into the uh, booth when I need to be a little more mobile. And uh, it's actually kind of nice. So so now mine's seat's five there. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's got the headroom. That's really great. Six foot three or whatever. And uh, and I don't know. I've always felt like this this boat is one of those boats that can have two modes. So it's got, you know, sort of dockside liveaboard mode where you sleep up forward in the V-berth. And then you essentially have a very tiny little house that you're floating on. Or out at sea. You move your bunk back here uh, into the cabin. V-Birth is all your garage. And, uh, yeah, you've still got all this this beautiful room. And this boat got a lot of its uh, wood trim taken out and replaced with white uh, walls and ceilings, headboards, or uh, headliners. And uh, a few of the West Sails that I had looked at previously to sparrow it was all trim so teak or mahogany i think it's mahogany um just strips of it and when you walked in one of those boats it was dark uh, you had to have lights on or portholes open um and i don't know in some ways i like that i think it's kind of cool but in other ways if you watch my uh YouTube video about the the boat tour, live aboard mode or whatever it is, um, you'll be able to sort of see that's sort of how I have the boat set up, and uh, I don't know, it's light and you can put decorations on the wall and see them. Uh, I think when when it's all just dark dark wood, um, I don't know, it's I don't know, it's it's kind of different. It's good in its own way, but uh, yeah, I mean, I think. I think the majority of West Sales out there, it is, you know, you're, you're going down below. You're going to see wood everywhere, which is pretty cool. It's a lot of maintenance, but it's pretty cool. <sighs> Plenty of storage on these boats. I mean, they're just, the pros are go on and on and on. Um, I would say one of the cons, and it's really, I, I think, less just a West Sale 32 and more the hull design, you know, the full length keel uh, and all that and and just how these boats typically are but oof, when when you are in uh the downwind sailing or you're in a really uh lumpy anchorage or something like that boy she loves to roll <sighs> i forget about setting your beer down if uh, if you're in those situations, you're you're rolling to either side, and that can get that can get a little annoying. I mean, um, I I I think it was down in Dominica, in uh, Portsmouth, and Portsmouth is pretty protected. Dominica doesn't have much in the in the way of protection from the North Swell, and it sort of wraps around. Um, uh, I think it's not Cassaba Point. Dang it. Memory's fading. Anyway, got a big moon-shaped harbor in there. And uh, my buddy, Eustace, has his um, water sports down towards the southern end. And uh, so it's a bit more exposed. But I wanted to hang out and be over there. So I always I always would be over there and anchor there. And so when the north swell would start to roll around the... Um, the point and stuff, man, oh man, I tried so many things to, you know, stern lines and this, that, and the other thing, and never really sorted it out too, too well, but I was just, just putting up with it, but yeah, boy, talk about rolly, rolly roll, it doesn't take much at all to roll these boats, and uh, so you have to take that into account, and <clears throat> Like I said, it, it really is just with all these, these full-length keels, I think, or at least all of the ones that I've been on, which is 
this one. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, I, for for living aboard and stuff, uh, fantastic. I, I think they're really great. It would it would be nice <clears throat> to have, I guess, for my own preference, to have a little bit bigger boat, uh, just so it wouldn't just be me on board. Because I've I've tried uh, sharing this boat, this space, uh, with another person. And, uh, boy, it is a little tough. I, I try and make it as pleasant as possible, but man, it's hard. It's really hard. I think it's mostly because I'm so used to just being alone on this boat, but, uh, I don't know. I, I, I feel like I, I would love to hop aboard a West Sail, uh, 42 or a 43 at some point. I think that would be pretty cool. I've never even seen one. Um, but they they're huge and uh they definitely have a lot of room on them so but uh we're not talking about a 42 or 32 we'll talk about those one day when i actually see one mm. but yeah the space is down below uh i think the head's pretty convenient on these um i actually found on the the last trip i i took the doors off uh of the head and that was pretty cool actually it, it sort of opened it up a little bit made it easier to use the facilities every day Granted, again, that's out at sea. I probably wouldn't ever want to do that on shore. Um, and then, yeah, I, I don't know. The portholes are great. I did finally see a possible way to make uh, to make some sort of, uh, not rain catch, but... So one of the, one of the fatal flaws, <laughs> I guess you could call it, uh, of... Of these west sails, the the portholes, so the doghouse or the cabin trunk, how whatever you want to call it, basically the raised area on the deck uh, to allow west sail to have a six foot two person stand straight up in it, uh, has six six portholes in the cabin, one in the head, one in the hallway, and then two up up forward and. Um, the only problem is they're all, instead of being straight up and down, they're all angled just a little bit so that if it rains out there, the rain definitely trickles in. And um, I always wondered if there was an easy way, what would be a good way to uh, to have some sort of, I don't know, just awning or something like that. And then I saw it. I saw it on another boat uh yesterday actually and all it was was a really thin pvc uh pipe where somebody had just gone and sliced it just right so that it uh it sort of had a nice it, it looked like the bill of a baseball cap uh and if done properly i think you could probably do that on this boat and just stick it right in there i've made these little mosquito net things out of uh I guess it's, I don't know if it's, it's not crochet, uh, needlework, needlepoint, whatever, those little round bamboo wood things that you stretch the little canvasy thing over and then you run yarn through it. Well, those, you can get those in the exact perfect size if you uh, add a, a very thin piece of line around it and that, then all of a sudden you've got all these mosquito net things. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, it's one of those things where when it rains, you got to close those. And again, yeah, there's worse things in the world, bud. I know that. I know that. I'm not one to complain. But, uh, you know, when you're, I remember being in the Caribbean during Christmassy and January time where lots of just squalls. You're looking at 5 to 10 to 15, 20 squalls, little squalls every day. And, uh, oh, my gosh, it's so funny. It just I just remember closing all the windows. Or all the portholes, open them back up, close them, open them back. And I, you know, if I left the boat, always had to close everything up, which was always kind of annoying. But uh, so I'm going to give that a shot. All right, got to take another blow my nose break. Jeez, dust. Whew, and we're back. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you know, from, from an interior uh, point of view, I really, really like the layout. I've been aboard. I've been fortunate enough to be invited aboard quite a few boats uh, for cocktails and dinner and things like such. And um, I, I hate to say it, not, and I, I'm not saying this about anybody's boat specifically, but I, uh, I just find that a lot of boats have far. It's like they're trying to pack in 
every aspect of a home into this little tiny cabin and uh i don't know i've never i don't it's just it seems cluttered and you have to walk around funny and here you know it's it's uh I, I really, really like the open, the wide open spaces of the West Sail 32 cabin. It's glorious, and there's plenty of room for activities. <laughs> we keep uh, launching boats, boat after boat, and yesterday we opened up an area the size of uh, a tennis court or something like that. And oh my gosh, we were all jumping around like, oh, there's always room for activities. Uh, too funny. Uh, but it is, it's really great, and... Um, like I said, simple and ah, I I don't know. I really like down below. Um, on this boat specifically, the access to the engine room really sucks. Uh, that needs to be rebuilt. I don't know what what was going on with this, but uh, the the stairs, the companionway stairs, are just awful. They're made out of some crazy heavy. I don't know, synthetic wood or something like that. It's two pieces. It's just absolute garbage. And um I don't know. I would love to. I don't I don't obviously I don't have the skills to be able to build some beautiful teak thing uh that also has a little bit of storage on it, but boy, if I ever come across a nice companionway staircase that uh fits in here and I can retrofit it, oh I can't wait. That would be great. Until then, I'm probably just going to rip this one out and at least paint it because it just looks awful. But it's heavy. Uh, you have to undo a whole bunch of different latches and take it all apart. And it's one, I, you know, ideally, I think with a companionway staircase, you really want it to be like you can release one thing and either pull the whole thing out or swing it up and clip it off to a little point and uh and then get right in there to the engine not so on this boat and i, I this isn't uh across the board of all west sails i don't think because uh i can't imagine anybody else trying to put up with this this system that i have but uh, at any event uh you know once you get those down then the engine's eh, i'd give it a uh a six on the old easeability to work on the engine scale. Um, only, only because, you know, you spend a lot of time laying on the engine and uh, with a mirror and a flashlight in your hand trying to see something on the sides uh, and trying to get to the stuffing box or anything like that. Damn near impossible. Um, so that's that's kind of a pain. But, um, I don't know, There, you know, I'd compare to some engines that, that you can't even see the impeller. Uh, I, yeah, I'd say I'd give it a 6, 6 out of 10. So that's a, a decent rating. The Express 37, I would give a 10 out of 10 because you could basically open up and three hatches uh, or three panels and the engine was basically completely exposed. It was so easy to work on that engine. It was great. Oh, me and my buddy Giles, we spend hours and hours just trying to tinker with it. I just got to give a shout out to that guy because he uh, he loved that boat. He just absolutely loved it. You could tell because he had a passion for it. He put in the time. Oh, buddy. My buddy Giles down there on Tortola, British Virgin Islands. If you're going to charter a boat, charter from Horizon. <laughs> shout out Horizon Yacht Charters. Oh, the old alarm, huh? It's 5 a.m. Um, so yeah, that's that's uh I guess as as the as I see the time ticking away here, I'm gonna uh move on from the interior. Um uh, but yeah, it's it's not too bad. It's got some some nice size uh fuel tanks, pretty good place for the batteries, easy to work on the um uh, the control panel, the circuit board, all that sort of stuff, uh, because you can access it just, it's really pretty easy. Um, and yeah, I, I would, you know, like I said, down below, it's just really great. It's, it's comfy, it's homey, and, uh, it sets up pretty well for being offshore and still being comfortable. Um, yeah, yeah, that's what I'll, uh, that's how I'll do it. I, I, you know, and you can retrofit basically anything and everything. The fridge on here on this one is just an old Frigo boat, and uh, 
yeah, you know, it works. It works. <laughs> I uh, I don't think uh, the last owner took the time to properly insulate around the old ice chest, so to speak. Uh, so that may be a project for uh, while I'm up here in the boatyard, just to give it that extra extra oomph. I wish Yeti would make some. Uh, retrofitted ice boxes for boats uh except they'd probably charge twenty six thousand dollars for them i guess for the going uh upgrade uh but yeah as far as the top side oh jeez louise this dust um top side and and sort of its easeability i really love the layout as far as having sort of these this it has the deck, you've got the deck and a decent amount of room up on the foredeck. Um, there's actually some space midships on top of the doghouse that if you if you set it up right, you could easily have the equivalent of two chaise lounge chairs up there um, for just sitting and laying out. It's It really is. It's pretty amazing how spacious and clean some of the uh, the deck and stuff are. I'd say the only the only part of this boat that I I think could really use a little attention would be the cockpit because the cockpit it's tiny. I've been on 20 foot boats that have more cockpit space than this thing and uh, definitely more comfortable. It's easy go around on this boat because, you know, now these days there's plenty of different cushions and, and you know, those purple chairs that fold and hinge and this and that and the other thing. Um, so you can make it far more comfortable. But you've got these these two primary winches for your jib that stick out on these stainless uh, pedestals. And, you know, boy, if you are not constantly aware of where those are when you're like leaning back or this that oh my gosh i still have yet knock on wood to crack my back on one of those but i feel like for every west sailor there is always that time uh and there's just no way around it because those suckers are right there and i i don't know i you know i don't know of any other way to um mount those things and get them out of there but you know they the the shape of the boat with the the canoe stern and everything sort of dictates that yeah you're you're gonna have a pretty small cockpit especially with uh, the size of the cabin um, but you know like I said with with few cushions it it, it basically can can make uh, being up there not not so bad uh, I'm still trying to figure out a way to get a little table set up in there so that uh, you know when I'm at a dock or whatever I can. I can actually sit and maybe like have a meal in the cockpit where I'm not having to eat it on my lap. But uh, we'll have to see again. I I just don't want to. Uh, I don't want to have some weird pedestal thingy uh, up there or any any clutter. I, I like it to be very very clean. So it would have to be something that I could stow down below. But with with the tiller and everything that 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 opens things up. Um, you know. Commonly on a boat the size where you have a, a a wheel or a helm, you've also got a helm station, so you got a pedestal and it's got screens and things like that. There are zero screens up there in this cockpit, and I like that a lot. Um, you know, I I'm rarely sailing in a place where a screen would would be needed uh, as far as navigation and such, but um, I like the fact that there aren't any there. I, well, there's a compass. There's, there's one instrument in this cockpit and that's a compass and that's it. Other than that, I figure, you know, I don't really need to know exactly how windy it is. I just need to know if it's windy. Um, but yeah, it's all, it's all pretty simple and pretty clean in the cockpit. I do. I retrofit a couple of, uh, Solar panels up there, right up to the the gallows, which is sort of this little crossbar and everything. And that worked great because it's such a strong point. Uh, I believe it's inch and a half stainless tubing that holds all that up. And it's definitely overbuilt. It's not just a straight pipe going up. It's got supports and everything like that. 
and um, you know easily can you can do pull-ups on it whatever um, not that I do but um, yeah it just I don't know it's definitely works and with the having the boomkin that allows even less clutter because the back stays are pushed even further back and I say stays with an s just because I added a second a fully uh, addition of a second uh, back stay so not a split back stay but but basically dual ones and uh, I don't know the way it, the way it connects up to the boomkin on either corner now seems to be rock solid um, compared to the normal one where you have one backstay and it shoots right down into the middle of the cross beam at the end of the boomkin. How's that for technical talk? Um, if you got one, you know what I'm talking about. Let that let let your drifter uh, do a big slam. You know where it, it uh, going downwind, it it backwinds and then all of a sudden fills back up. And you watch that backstay, and you tell me you're not worried about that. <laughs> I watched it for days, and it is terrifying. But it doesn't happen when you have two backstays. Um, getting around up there, it's not too bad. Uh, like I said, you've got you've got this nice, you know, foot wide deck, and you've got bulwarks, and I always love having bulwarks on the boat. You know, basically, instead of just a little tow rail keeping you from slipping off uh you've actually got uh, i don't know eight inch ten inch bulwarks so it kind of feels like you you sort of have this little railing uh and then obviously you get the lifeline so so walking fore and aft is pretty easy um you know the the shrouds aren't really getting in your way too much and you don't also feel like there's nothing to grip onto I kind of screwed up a little bit in some some respects with the Dodger just because it's tricky to get around the Dodger. I made it too wide. Um, so in, in one aspect, it's a little bit of a pain to get around. In another, it blocks out more um, splash if I'm beating to wind. Um, so that definitely, I don't know, I take that. Because, you know, the, the whole idea of a wet snail is that they are kind of wet boats when you're beating to wind. Uh, I've been in, in force eight conditions going downwind and everything's completely dry. But, boy, you, you start trying to charge into it, eh, <laughs> you'll get pretty wet. But I've got spray skirts on here that I made and then with the Dodger and stuff. But still, you know, you, you just you find your little corner uh, where it sort of stays dry. But. If you really, really want to stay super crazy dry in all conditions, uh, I yeah, I don't know. I guess you just buy a car, maybe. Does that make sense? <laughs> mm. Oh man! All right, we gotta pause one last time before uh, I start to wrap this one up, and we are back once more. Um, the rudder. I want to talk about the rudder on this boat. Thing is magnificent. It's huge. It's got a huge tiller connected to it. Really just feels like it's not going to break pretty much ever. The rudder's maybe nine feet tall or something like that. No, it's maybe not that high. It's eight feet tall. But uh, built like a barn door. The tough part about it is that uh, it's a little heavy to sail, like to hand steer. But luckily, this boat with that boomkin is, is perfect for I think just about any type of wind vane you could ever want. And the, the beauty of a wind vane is the fact that there's no electricity needed. And once you get good with it, just like anything else, you will, I mean, even if you're just going on a little tiny day sail, you can still use a wind vane. I mean, it's easy. And uh, even when I used to sail around in North Sound, which is basically a small little bay, I still had that wind vane on, unless people physically wanted to sail the boat. Uh, Mongo just does it all, and uh, easy peasy, you don't have to worry too much about it. Um, and yeah, I mean, that rudder, it's got three huge pintles, well overbuilt. I mean, you know, I don't know, all the miles I've put on her still just feels totally rock solid. And uh, that, I think, is really a, a pretty important aspect of uh, any any boat that you're going to take offshore is having 
a lot of confidence in in that rudder because that in a lot of boats that, that can be the weak point where that sucker snaps off or gets damaged or something like that then you're you're in real trouble it's not really a worry on these boats so that that definitely helps and and i i think overall for the hull you know obviously it weighs a whole lot which slows the boat down but just the design of it i feel like i could ram into just about anything and the boat's going to be okay. Um, I've heard stories of, of these boats being hit by container ships and scraping along the side. And, you know, other than some cosmetic damage, uh, they just bounce right off. And that, to me, is just such uh, a priceless thing to, to have in a boat. And, and again, you know, I, I, it, always, it always ends up harping back to how slow these boats are. And, and again, yeah, they're slow if you don't know what you're doing and they're slow compared to a lot of other boats, but guess what? I'm out there for the actual sailing experience. So speed is just completely relative to, uh, you know, if I, it's not about me getting into port, it's about me being out there at sea. And, uh, and so it really doesn't matter how fast you're going, but I suppose when, when a Force 10 gale's bearing down on you in the Southern Ocean, sure would be nice to get a little north, and that's not going to happen on this boat. But when that storm does overtake you, you know you're in for one heck of a ride, and you're still going to be able to get some sleep while it's happening. Ooh, take that. <laughs> um, Bowsprit on these. Uh, the setup that I have is the old traditional Doug fur, three pieces of plank put together, and then a little bit of a platform on either side of it, which the platform, I don't know. I, I'm uh, Obviously, I like it for going up there, for me physically going up there, because all I have are hank-ons. I don't do any of the roller furling stuff, but uh, I did punch through some pretty gnarly seas um, when I was stuck in the Gulf Stream uh on the last trip south and the seas got to a point where i was punching through for just a little bit these waves you know taking green water over the bow and uh, i could see that there was quite a bit of tension and pressure on that little foot stand or those those planks or whatever and um yeah it, it popped one of the screws out that sort of is just a little support and so I saw a bit of a weak point there. I mean, if you were in really bad conditions, uh, for reaching or whatever, I, I don't know. I, I almost feel like I want to sort of almost make those a little more breakaway or do something, something to sort of change them up so that they can, they can take a little bit more of a beating because I wouldn't want them to rip off of the bowsprit and expose a bunch of wood and stuff like that. So I don't know. I don't know. But aesthetically, uh, looking at it, it looks beautiful, especially when it's all varnished. Uh, definitely need some non-skid on it because if you're going to spend any time up there, you don't want to be slipping and sliding all over the place. And and West Sales, they make a whole lot of different pulpits. Uh, I've got sort of the more traditional just around the, the very end of the bowsprit and then it's lifelines going aft. Uh, I know they make another one that's uh, it looks more like the pulpit they have on the orca uh in jaws where it's it's full stainless steel piping all the way up and uh that one looks pretty cool uh maybe one day uh upgrade sparrow with that and um so yeah i mean up on deck it's great i have the with the mast the mast is oh just absolutely insanely overbuilt super heavy and uh and it's deck stepped and for me the whole deck step thing is, is basically, if you think there is a good chance of you getting rolled over and losing your mast wherever you're sailing, so i.e. the Southern Ocean or the North Atlantic or something like that, if that's your playground, then um, I don't know. I've always felt like a deck step mast is, is a safer option. That's just my opinion. Just because if you do lose the mast, you're not going to have a big gaping hole in your boat um you know so but again that's just my own opinion i don't know technically if it's stronger or not 
got a compression post. Uh, I've seen a few issues where um, the deck starts to compress. Had to replace, or not replace it, but repair all that once already. But uh, that was probably from a decade of sitting in the backyard of a place in Florida and uh, not necessarily neglect, but uh, no, well, yeah, just neglect, not not looking at it and not uh, noticing that water was pooling there and slowly saturating the uh, the mass step area. Um, yeah, so I don't know. These, these boats are just absolutely, I think they're amazing. Especially for being out there sailing, if you're gonna have be living aboard a boat like this, uh, I I'm pretty confident that you could easily have two people. Uh, obviously, I'm a bit of a loner, but uh, two people could share one of these boats. You could you could sort it out in so many different ways as far as sleeping arrangements and stuff like that. That it's it's doable. It's definitely doable. I mean, there there really are just great boats. When you're out there actually sailing and it's a nice day, there's plenty of places where you can kick back and relax and just take in the world. And that's what I really like. That's what I look for is I, I look for spots where you can throw a cushion, crank back with a book or some tunes and just watch that ocean go by. There's just nothing nothing better in this little life of mine than I've, I've ever really found. And uh Westdale does a great job with that. It really does. And, you know, with the bowsprit and the boomkin allowing for huge amounts of sail area, these boats do really well in super light winds as long as the ocean is flat. Uh, I've basically sailed this this boat on vapors with... uh, (laughs) That was always such a funny saying. Oh, she's got a case of the vapors. (laughs) Maybe just think of that. But... um, yeah, I, I've had the, this ancient old drifter, oh, may it rest in peace down there in the doldrums, or in pieces. Uh, if you've read the book, you uh, you know what happened to that one. But uh, yeah, it is a huge drifter, huge mainsail, even sometimes throwing the uh, staysail up there at, at the same time. And you could just, this boat, if it's flat, it'll just keep going and going and going. And it's just such a beautiful thing to watch a west sail cut through a completely flat calm sea somehow it seems almost magical but um yeah i don't know they they sail i think they sail really well once you figure out how they need to be sailed where that power needed to be uh and i suppose each boat's going to be a little bit different but uh yeah they are they're fantastic and the the amount of times that i have gone below and gone to sleep with you know maybe the number 2 drifter Full mainsail, some broad reach in, you know, just powering along, doing really well. Everything seems hunky-dory. And then waking up to the sound of me surfing and thinking, holy cow, you know, I wonder how long the wind amped up for. And Sparrow's just just taking it, just and just powering and uh, doing it so well that I was able to keep sleeping. You know, it's just, I don't know, there's something to be said for that. Most boats, that wind changes about five five to ten knots and all of a sudden it's it's total chaos if you don't do something about it but these old west sails yeah they just know how to deal with it ah they're great um yeah i i don't know i'm trying to think of other aspects i i think one of the really cool things about the west sail is the community as well we're we're a bit uh i don't want to call us I don't want to call this a cult classic boat because that that sort of I feel like denotes that there's some problem with it and uh, it takes an oddball to really like it. But I think there's a very dedicated community out there. Um, I'm, I don't know if I'm a part of the part of it or not. Uh, maybe. Um, but there's the West Sail Owners Association, as with uh, a lot of other boats. You know, there's I don't know tons of people in there, and then. Uh, and that, that really brings me to one of the, I think, most important aspects uh, on any boat is all the accumulated knowledge about the boat or that type of boat is is really great to have. And that was one of the things that, that I really was a big sell point for me was the fact that there are book after book after book written specifically about this book, about this boat and the information that you can get pertaining to any problem any issue because with with the west Coast, i think you know they probably made about 
1,100 of these things, and the vast majority are still out there sailing. And uh, so they've been worked and reworked a million different times by a million different people who really love them. And uh, they're always there happy to share all the information they've learned. And so you have this giant resource and these very excited people who uh, are happy to to share. I mean, they do rendezvous and all sorts of stuff. Hopefully, someday I'll be able to join in on some of that fun. But, uh, yeah, so I would definitely give the old Westdale 32 a thumbs up because it's going to get you there. It might take a little time, but it's going to get you there. It's going to get you there safe, and you're going to be able to deal with just about anything the world throws at you out on the ocean. She is really, really just great. And you know what? If you do lose the mast, you're essentially in the perfect lifeboat. Um, there, there you have it, folks. The West Sail 32 in a nutshell. And, you know, obviously there's about a million other things I could sit here and ramble on about, but um, those get into the fine details. And we just don't have time for that because we're already an hour. So uh, I want to thank everybody for listening to the super crazy early Maine morning Mighty Sparrow podcast. Until next time. All right. Thanks for listening. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. And if you enjoy the podcast and want to support it, just go to podbean.com and you can become a patron and keep the show on the air. Also, if you like the music at the beginning, the album is called Deep Teal. And the artist is Adrian Edson. It's available on Amazon Music. And if you want the full story of the trip around the world, the book, the Kindle book, and the audiobook can all be found on Amazon.com, Sailing into Oblivion, the solo nonstop voyage of the mighty sparrow. Fair winds and following seas.